All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk. Live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. The Oilers play a hockey game where they get good goaltending and a bunch of even strength scoring. That's a new one. Let's get into it with the lead. Oilers Nation every day, a winning edition of Oilers Nation every day. Edmonton picks up a big 3-2 dub over the Buffalo Sabres. We are coming to you live from the Sports Closet Studio, sportscloset.ca. Maybe you love the fact that Nick Bukestad went 10 for 10 in the dot, and now you want a Nick Bukestad jersey, Coombsy. That's what I was thinking. I love fourth liners who take draws, especially fourth liners who win draws. Number 72 would look good on the back of your jersey, and if Bukestad gets traded, you just remove the name bar after and put Hunter the Lynx on the back. Yeah, Easy. That, that's the question that I had, is how is it that he's wearing the same number as the mascot? I think there's some really good social content for the team to do. And probably miss out on um, between like this whole exchange. I think Hunter, because like Nick Bukestad's gonna come and go in a matter of months. Hunter should just wear a Nick Bukestad jersey for the rest of the year. What Wait, do you, you mean think, come and go? You think Nick Bukestad's leaving us? Why? Like I don't. How think, can we let him go after going ten? For I 10 just in bought his jersey, Tyler. <laughs> this That's is like fair. Boyd Gordon all over again. Except we're not going to give him $3 million or whatever the team gave Boyd Gordon that one time. He was great in the dot. He was great in the dot. Uh, The Oilers did a lot of stuff really well in that hockey game. We're going to break it all down. We're streaming live on the Nation Network YouTube where we want you to hit the like button. We want you to hit the subscribe button. And Tala is in with the first comment of the day. Great game by the Oilers. McDavid is killing it, which might be an understatement. Um, And Stu was big for us last night. He certainly was. Uh, We're going to get into all of that. 
with our three big things brought to you by AMA Travel. They make our nation vacations very easily seamless, I would say. And they can make your summer vacation the same thing. AMA Travel, check them out. I used them to book a summer vacation. I'm very excited for it. You know where I'm going? To I watch, think I know where you're To going. watch the Jays in Seattle. And yeah. I booked all my hotels on the spot with a, or on along the way with AMA Travel. That's cool. Have you been, been to the Jays game in Seattle before? I have, but it was a long time ago, like eight years ago. So I hope they can actually win because they have a historically difficult time in Seattle. They do. They do. Uh, shout out to AMA Travel. The Oilers had an e- not an easy time in Buffalo. It was a hard fought game. That's a team that's playing well, though. But Edmonton came away with the victory. And there's a couple of guys who get a lot of credit for that win. Our first big thing is Stuart Skinner. Bob Stoffer sent out a tweet yesterday saying, born in Edmonton. Raised in Edmonton, drafted by Edmonton. Now he's the man in Edmonton. Stuart Skinner was unbelievable. I guess I should also introduce everyone who we got here because it's a Tuesday roundtable. Yaremchuk, Coombsy, Liam, and making his show debut behind the camera, Wanye's here as well. I feel like I really buried the lead with that. There's going to be people in the chat who are fired up to hear Wanye on a live stream. Um, but Let's yeah. just give a little bit of context. Yaremchuk didn't want me to come on the show, and I just glared at him, and then he finally yeah. said, maybe someone will want to hear you. Well, this show is very planned and structured. I so. can be planned and structured. No. Watch how good I'll be. But I have, like, the way it's going to go sorted out. And then four minutes before the show, you're like, I'm in. Yeah. It's like, wow. Well, that would be like if three minutes before a game, the Oilers just magically got Eric Carlson. What would Woodcroft do? Or a new Avenger showed up right before they started filming the movie. How would it work? Uh, but our first big thing from last night's game is Stuart Skinner. He was unbelievable. Stopped 37 of 39. The Oilers gave up like a lot of really good looks in that hockey game. But high-end teams, Stanley Cup contenders, which the Oilers are, have games where their goalies play unreal and kind of not steal them a win, but play a big part in the win. Stuart Skinner is that guy for the Oilers. It's been unbelievable. Wanya, you've been an Oilers fan for your entire life. A homegrown goalie this is coming in dreaming about it's unbelievable it's unbelievable and he's so likable too he everything is. you could want yep got the mustache he's got all that he really like he is as much as mcdavid and dry are he is a major key to this team going on a long run this spring he's he's the under the radar mvp of the team because 100%. i think everyone's pointed this out we're we're all aware we all watched on saturday as jack campbell couldn't stop anything. It was mm-hmm. a struggle and he was expected to be the guy. And then Stuart Skinner steps up this season. And I mean, there was points in time earlier in the year when Campbell was really struggling and the team hadn't really found their groove. If they didn't have Skinner stepping up, killing it, then things could have gone south super fast. And I mean, in that Buffalo game, same thing. Things could have gone south. There was some periods where they were just lapsing defensively and Skinner comes through and saves the day. He's there. I mean, you can't not call McDavid. The MVPs on pace to score like 156 points or something, obviously is the MVP, but the under the radar MVP for me is Stuart Skinner. And for a franchise that's always rushed its players development along for Skinner to be what his 53rd game in the NHL or something like that. It's an incredible time to be a bona fide, first of all, all Mm all-star. And secondly, have the the confidence of a fan base that's seen some terrible goaltending. And also let's give some love to Ken Holland earlier in the season saying, you know what? Let's just lock this guy up because Stuart yep. Skinner for three more seasons after this one, three more years after this one at a $2.6 million cap. Hit. That is value. And that makes the Jack Campbell deal way easier to stomach. If you're a fan of the Edmonton Oilers and you're loading up their cap friendly page, 7.6 million on your two goalies is very good, especially when one of them is capable of doing what Stuart Skinner can do. 
Does that mean we also need to give some praise to Peter Chiarelli for selecting him in the third round of the 2017 draft? And we also need to give some credit to Bob Green, who we love to uh, hate on over the Griffin Reinhardt thing. But Bob Green was the Western Canada scout who would have identified Stuart Skinner as well. They, they leaned in really, really, really hard to drafting either kids from Edmonton or kids that played for the Oil Kings mm-hmm. when the Oil Kings were good. Didn't work out a lot of the time, but they finally hit it with Skinner. It was worth it. They did. They made it worth it. It is a franchise. He's a franchise changing player. I know people are going to be like, what are you talking about? But like, man, getting a homegrown goalie who you then signed to a dirt cheap contract for the next three years, who's going to an all-star game in his rookie season. It's worth it. Kenneth Mark Holland in the chat says, put some respect on Kenny money. Think of the crap we've paid for over the years. Javi Bulin, four years, 16 million. You gads. Yeah. And we finally have a guy did it himself. Local. (laughs) Who was the last local goalie? Was would it have been Grim Grim Fear might be it. Yeah, might be. Yeah, I, I don't know. he's from Spruce Grove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Isn't he from uh, no, uh, he's he's, he from, played for the Oil Kings? He played for the Oil Kings. BC though. Oh, he from BC. Yeah. I just remember he had a local angle. Yeah. Tyler Buns from St. Tyler, Tyler Buns, he was a local. Buns Huns. Buns with a Z, yeah. baby. Yeah. Works at Spruce Grove Jeep now. Does he really? Yeah. All right. Anyone's wondering what Tyler Bonds is up to. <laughs> Liam knows. Liam keeps tabs on guys like this. Our, die. our first big thing from last night, Stuart Skinner stops 37 of 39, makes some incredible saves in the process. The second big thing, I want to isolate this conversation to just what Connor McDavid did last night, because there's a bigger Connor McDavid conversation to be had in a little bit, and it ties into the Hart Trophy and things like that. He scores twice again yesterday. He keeps up this run of more often than not scoring two goals in a hockey game. We don't know what Connor McDavid's peak will be in his career, but this could very well be it. It's unbelievable. He is at this point third, or he is 10 goals clear of David Pasternak for second in the NHL. That is bananas. Six two goal games out of his last eight. Who does that? Players, players don't even go like star players rarely go on runs where they have six goals over an eight game stretch. Never mind six multi goal games over an eight game stretch. And what I love about this, Liam, we were chatting about it before. He's not getting bored of it, man. And he recognizes the importance of this stretch of games for the Oilers. Big celebrations, a big smile on his face when Warren Fogle gave him the nice pass and he was Mm -hmm. pointing at him. I like seeing that, too, because I think that is a trickle down effect to the rest of the roster. Yeah, I think. He's a good team player, isn't he? Like, I know he puts up all these points. He can be very selfish about it all. But yeah, we got it here. When he scores that goal, like he is absolutely fired up. And mm-hmm. probably since that, say, Philadelphia game where he celebrated that one deflected goal that went in when uh, they yeah. were down. Yeah. I feel like since then, that's kind of been like, he's just gone absolutely nuts. He's so pumped to get it. And this is perfect timing. I mean, we're coming down the stretch here to into the playoffs and we're getting peak McDavid, but I still feel like there's more there because he's Connor McDavid and you never really know what you're going to get. We're so lucky to be watching this. It's going to be weird. Everything comes to an end when one day distant future, there's no more Connor. What we've witnessed. Yeah, this is going to be one of those years and one of those stretches we look back on in a long time and are like, man, remember that time McDavid just scored two goals every game for like two weeks? It was wild. And we it were all like, what's going on with that? Hey, Coom? Yeah, it's funny because um, I, I did kind of a look into this a little while ago, but, you know, he he hits point number seven and 800 for his career this season, and he could feasibly hit 900 and 1,000 by the end of next season. Like, we could see him hit 1,000 feasibly, like, towards the end of the season next year. Like, there's... What on earth? It's it's wacky. It's um, I remember at the beginning of the year, we were kind of all talking, like, what's the expectation? And it kind of seemed like, okay, yeah, this is the year. He'll probably bust through 50. And he's already busted through 50s at 54, and we're like a week into March. 
was still 18 or what, 18, Se- 19, 20, 17 games, 17 left. games wow. left. He could feasibly score another like, 20, 25 goals the rest of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Finish like, what do you, well, that'd be, yeah. Like if he cracks 70, it's instantly one of the best seasons ever. If not, might be the most impressive. Like, look at the era. No exactly. One, no one. No one's coming close to this. Ovechkin in the, the the salary cap era, the best goal scoring season is sixty five by Ovechkin. If you clear that, it's it's mind remarkable. And if you clear that while just again producing the the volume of points as well, it's not like he's just scoring goals. Uh, here's a season by season breakdown of Connor McDavid's points. It is now a career high for number 97 124 he's been building on a career high in the goal department for quite some time as well we'll have more mcdavid talk coming up in just a little bit on the show but i want to talk about a guy who is also enjoying what is close to a career year it's not quite there but he might hit his career high of 15 goals uh, at some point this year the year from Derek ryan has been unbelievable and i have a fun little stat Because this guy scores a lot despite not playing a lot. He's one of the players who hasn't really gotten extended time with McDavid and Dreisaitl. He stays in the bottom six for the most part, but he stays productive. Goals per 60 minutes on the ice at five on five. This is how the Oilers rank. Number one is Nick Bukestad because he has one in 24 minutes as an Oiler, but that doesn't really matter. McDavid scores 1.6 goals per 60. Klim Kostin, 1.38, Evander Kane, 1.13, Warren Fogle, 1.04, and then Derek Ryan at 0.99. On a per 60 basis, Derek Ryan at five on five has been more productive in the goal department than Nuge, McLeod, Dreisaitl, Yamo, Hyman. That is impressive. Derek Ryan's putting together a good year. And what I love about those 11 goals is that more often than not, the majority of them, I should say, are coming away from the big guns. He is truly giving them depth scoring. And that if he he needs if he can keep that up, he will be a very valuable piece in the playoffs. He doesn't just score like greasy goals either. Like he isn't just tapping them in off his ass. Like no, they're like nice goals. Scoring goals. I, the one he scored yesterday was in the slot. And then like I just he's just one of those guys who just been reliable for a while now, right? With the Oilers. It's just good deal on him. Like they was talking about him early in the season going down to Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. Like, how could you? Like, how could you give up this guy? Like, how dare you? How dare? We're already get, Tyler's already given up on Nick Bukestad. Apparently, he's gone in a couple of weeks, and now yeah, we've well. got to deal with this Derek Ryan talk too. <laughs> I, I love DR10. 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 TM. DR10. I like how that's the new like template for nicknames. It's EK65. It's DR10. Um, but that I love the celebration too. <laughs> former University of Alberta Golden Bear Derek Ryan has been unbelievable this season. He's been consistent. It's not like he just scored, you know, eight goals over a twelve-game stretch, got stupid hot, and that's inflating his numbers. Like he's just consistently been chipping in every five games. You know, you're going to get a Derek Ryan goal at some point. He's going to kill a ton of penalties for you. He's going to win a ton of draws for you as well. He is an important piece of this lineup. You make an excellent point. He does have two first names. He does. And usually you can't trust people with two first no. names, but he might be the exception. The only exception. You have, have two. two. Yeah, Cam two and Lewis. Yep. Chris Russell. Is another we one. liked him and you could trust him. He blocked a lot of shots. Yeah. All timer. Um, Derek Ryan was great, as was long Derek Ryan, Nick Bukestad. <laughs> and people are saying that I am a hater for Nick Bukestad because I said he probably won't resign here. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll <laughs> love it here in Edmonton. Uh, but he was good last night. 10 for 10 in the dot. That was like a problem this team had. You don't really the see season. 10 for 10 in the dot much. No, you don't. Um, he was really solid. And I've been impressed with what he's brought to the lineup so far. He scored the goal. He's he's as advertised. Uh, Coombs, your thought on the first couple games of Nick Bukestad 
as an oiler. Yeah, I think he nailed it. He comes basically as advertised. He really turned around his career this year in Arizona. He looked for a few years there. He's kind of bouncing around the league. He, he looked like he was one of those core guys in Florida for a yeah. while. They signed him long term. They thought he was going to be their 2C behind Barkov. He couldn't really handle that role. And then he bounces around. Pittsburgh, Minnesota wasn't good in either place. And then joins Arizona where there's, you know, there's no pressure. You can kind of go out and do your thing, rehabilitate your career, find a role. And he kind of found that in the bottom six and the Coyotes playing both the center and the wing. And it's a perfect fit for the Oilers because they, and I mentioned this on the after game show last night that when they give away pool Yarby, I mean, divisive player, obviously, but um, the one thing he did do well, I think we can all agree on is he was a big guy who forechecked well. So mm-hmm. the Oilers, at the very least, after giving up Pugliarvi and the salary cap dump for the Ekholm deal to make it work, they had to go out and get somebody else. And they found somebody with pretty much that same skill set in Bukestad. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The bottom six is just kind of together, buzzing in general right now. Like that fourth line of shore. Ryan and Plim was on that line last night, right? Like mm-hmm. they had a really good game. Vogel's been kind of doing his thing too. And then also like McLeod got the elevation to the first line yesterday too. I thought he had a pretty decent game. Like it's really good timing for the Oilers to start getting like all this coming together for them as we're getting close to the postseason. Nick Bukestad's made just under $30 million in his career. What on earth? <laughs> no it? playoff runs because he was with the Panthers when they were yeah. bad. $30 million <laughs> because his last deal before the one he's currently on the Panthers and him for six years, 24.6 million. And then they just like immediately regret it. What it's on like, earth? Dale Talon masterclass. But right it's never, Gordon money. He's never gotten out of the first round <laughs> of the playoffs though. One playoff appearance with Florida, one with Pittsburgh, one with the wild. So 15 career playoff games. I'm sure he's thrilled. Play on a team that might go on a deep run. Yeah, he should be fired up. Uh, Looking at the Oilers line combos here, when Evander Kane is back, which we're hearing might be as soon as Thursday in Boston, which would be a great game to get him back for. I'm looking here at the way they lined up last night. And AB, I don't know if you can quickly pull up uh, the line combos for everyone to see. So we have the visual with it. But I think it's probably pretty easy to just look at this and go McLeod down to the fourth line. Kane on the top line. Is it as simple as that? 
Kane, Kane definitely has to go on the McDavid line because uh, the Nugent Hopkins dry saddle duo are fantastic. Dry Ryan Kai are back, baby. Yeah, that was the Yamo guy. missed a chance last game, but and he caused them to go offside, which negated a goal. But I actually do think he's been playing some really good hockey, and Nuge is the Nuge this year, so, so you're right. So you would just take out Devin Shore comes out of the lineup. He's been playing Adam? quite well, but... Sorry? Devin Shore out of the lineup. Unfortunately, Liam, yeah. Number Why would you 19. take your MVP out of the lineup? In such <laughs> well, a he does look game. a lot better wearing number 19. He's channeling we'll like a Steve Eiserman, Joe Sack. He's selfless. Kind of He's a selfless man, Coom. He's I'm a not, team player. I'm actually not convinced it would be Devin Shaw. Not to just shoot you down there, Coom, but like Clint Carson just came out of the lineup when Devin Shaw was playing well, right? Like I think it's quite <laughs> interesting now that yeah. Devin Shaw has played his way into the starting 11 and uh, 12. 11. Uh, 12 recently, maybe 11. And I think that also like played into the Oilers maybe like deadline plans a little bit of being like, oh, yeah, like do we want to send down Shore to it get It was like, an internal addition. Just getting Devin <laughs> yes. Shore with the brand new number and the new vibe. It was I, like an internal trade deadline. Clem Costin is a much bigger impact player than Devin Shore. His ceiling is higher, but I would argue his floor might be lower. He like you might get scores. Yeah, he does. And I actually thought he was really physical last night. And the wolf made that comment in the chat as well, saying he liked the energy that Clem Costin brought to the game last he was night. Screening on that goal, big body in front. Um, it's a good problem to have, yeah. though. The, for 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 so yeah. many years, we had this thing, and it was like, how do you even fill up the remaining <laughs> like nine spots on the <laughs> roster outside of McDavid, Drysaddle, and Nugent? Hopkins? Nine spots. Like, how, how, how do you yeah. find room for Toby Reader and Boyd Ty Gordy? It's funny you say guys. that because the other day when Tyler and I did, I can't remember if it was a Friday or Saturday show to preview the Winnipeg game, but somebody put a lineup in from like six years ago. And oh, the top so line oh, was no. Juja Kerr on the left. You betcha. David and Ty Ratty. I can't remember the rest. But That's all you need, baby. Guys, it's like these guys never made it. I can't believe this team was even competitive at all. It was not. So yeah, like you said, like it's the um, Juge, the Juge brought the hammer, baby. <laughs> but there was just a tie. Like now it's like, yeah, like who are you going to take out? Like it's a really good problem yep. to have. Uh, Riley says, we've got a big, bad team now. We won't be fun to play in the playoffs. <clears throat> and I kind of agree with that. The name we haven't even discussed when looking over the forwards is, you know, Maybe one day when Dylan Holloway is healthy, does he factor into your plans in the playoffs? And that's a guy who plays with speed, isn't afraid to play physical as well. But I do think everyone healthy, Kane, McDavid, Hyman, Dry Ryan, Kai, Bukestad, Fogel, Yanmark, I thought had some really good moments again. Although Fogel worked his way up the lineup last game and managed to pick up an assist on the McDavid game winner. Warren Fogel, like a bat out of hell. He just turned his season around like that. He's been great. And like, not just... Oh, great for a game. Okay, back to mid for three or four. Oh, great for a game. It's been like impact, impact, impact. I've noticed him in a positive fashion in like five or six straight games now. It didn't seem like that long ago. Everybody was ready for this guy just to like not be around. It wasn't going to wave him. I said they should have waved him. Yeah, it wasn't even like let's trade him to try and get a second or a third round pick. It was let's wave him because he's probably going to clear because he's not good at all. But then in the past like month, he's just been skating like the wind for checking incredibly well, back checking well. Generating offense, it's it's a completely different player than the one we saw before, but it seems like he's really found his groove. Yeah. Uh, Lola Zaz, that's a name that I wish I didn't have to say. Uh, Klim needs more than fourth line minutes. I think I maybe disagree with that a little bit. I think he's fine exactly where he is. Uh, Zeph says, totally forgot about Holloway. Is this what depth feels like? And yeah, I think it's nice that, you know, again, if they deal with a couple of injuries throughout a playoff run, you actually have like, Almost a fifth line of depth up front. 
that you can just elevate any one of them. And you're probably pretty confident you're going to get solid minutes. The issue is going to come if there's an injury on the blue line. Yeah, and not I'm not as deep organizationally. Like they probably have yeah. eight NHL defensemen. I'm going to include Cam Denny in that one because he has played Cam games Deneen? in the league. Yeah, I think he's higher. And on I guess the list maybe now nine. Nima yeah, yeah. Nima Linen. But the I, issue is those guys are all lefties. I'm actually writing about this today yeah. on the Phil site. Camp would be the highest ready, right? Yeah. Or Jason Demers. Oh, wait, forgot about that. He, name. He's on the two way deal. Yeah, he can be brought up. They converted <laughs> that contract, but like on the left side, Nurse Ekholm Kulak. If one of those three happens to go down, Robert can play, Nima Lining can play. You mentioned Cam Deneen, who they picked up from the Yotes. On the right side, CC Bouchard, Deharnay, Demers would be the next man up. So if someone were to go down, you're in a bit of trouble on the right side, unless you're confident enough in Kulak, Broberg, or Ekholm, one of those guys flipping over to the right-hand side. Then it's like, okay, maybe you're you're set a little bit more. But I would argue with Woodcroft always wanting to play 11-7, and seven, Man, one injury to the right side is really going to hurt you. And also, Darren A has been plateauing a little bit as of late. I thought he played pretty well in the last game because he was okay. It yeah. was the first one in a while they had done a, like a 12 and a six. So his minutes went up. I think he played about 15, 16 minutes mm-hmm. against the Sabres and looked fine. And I mean, to be fair to him, it's, um, you know, he did miss a significant amount of time at the beginning of the season due to mm-hmm. injuries. So there's probably going to be a bit of fatigue settling in here now. Yeah. Like he comes into the season a step behind, then comes up, makes the NHL debut. You have all the adrenaline of doing that. Then, you know, after game, after game, after game of being the guy who's, you know, blocking shots and taking a beating in front of the net, probably going to slow down a bit because of that wear and tear. But mm-hmm. I mean, still in uh, for like an internal option, it's been a pretty big win, but the depth behind that is it. Definitely questionable. Yeah. If, if you're coach Woodcroft, Liam, do you stay with dry or do you take him out of the lineup? I'm keeping dry side. You would keep him in. Yeah. Would. Okay. I'm not sure. <laughs> he's been, he's that's been interesting. finding in that recently. Well, he's a bit of a hot streak. You might want to go with the hot hand. <laughs> he is streaky. Yeah. Good coaching. Um, someone also to consider maybe playoff time comes around. Ryan Murray is on this roster. <sighs> well, I'm just saying. And Demers. These are two guys I forgot about. I think about the Oilers <laughs> yeah. most of the day. If it ever comes to it, he is a righty, I believe. Murray? No, he's a lefty. Oh, well, there goes that idea. So you can add him to the leftorium. Yeah, um, Oscar Clefbaum comes off the LTIR. Don't it's even, so sad when people on social are like, is he coming back? Maybe. Like, he's building no. a house. Yeah, he's yeah, he got a, a nose job because he's got his post-career nose. He's not going to risk messing <laughs> that up. No, not at all. Um, taking a look at what happened last night around the NHL, the Oilers didn't get a lot of help on the out-of-town scoreboard. Um, the Flames got a last-second buzzer beater from Tyler Toffoli. They picked up a win. You look above the Oilers in the Pacific, Golden Knights on a heater, Kings on a heater, Kraken on a heater as well. LA doubled up Washington 4-2 to last night in that game. Really, the only break they got, I guess, is that Nashville didn't get two points against Vancouver. Um, tonight, Calgary faces Minnesota. Would love to see the Minnesota Wild get a win there. Florida plays Vegas, so there's a couple of games on the out-of-town scoreboard that you're going to want to keep an eye on. Uh, but, Coombsy, what do you think is a realistic bar to set for the Oilers in terms of the Pacific Division and where they could finish? Like, Do you think they have a real shot at catching the Vegas Golden Knights, who they're currently four points back of, and Vegas has two games in hand? Or do you think it's just you know try to get home ice or try to just get that three seed? I think winning the division really should be the goal. I mean, there's there's still enough runway to jump up the 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 two games in hand is the unfortunate thing, but they also play Vegas and LA twice more each. They play Seattle just once more. So, I mean, winning both those remaining games against LA and Vegas, 
Uh, there's going to be one in Edmonton and one on the road in each of those situations. It's a pretty big ask, but I mean, the Oilers are somewhat in control of their own destiny here. Not to the fullest extent. They're not the team with the games in hand. But if they win those head-to-heads and it's right there, and I think that's what you want if you're the Oilers. You want to guarantee yourselves as many home games in the playoffs as possible. Yeah. That's just kind of the standard thing. The West is wide open and... The Golden Knights aren't amazing this year. They've got issues with injuries. The Kings, you know, their goaltending has been all over the grid. They're not perfect teams. The Oilers should be able to jump them in the standings. Out of those three, which one of them scares you the most potentially come playoff time? For me, it might honestly be the LA Kings. Just because that forward group added Fiala, a healthy Arvidsson potentially. Those are two things they didn't have when they brought the Oilers to seven games. A healthy Doughty, which they didn't have. Yeah, Corpus Allo is an upgrade on Jonathan Quick for sure, even though Quick was really good in the playoffs last year. uh, The Kings would be my answer to the question of who scares me the most. What would your take be? Yeah, I think I'm the exact same way. Um, The Golden Knights, too. I mean, both of them are good teams, I I guess, if you're you're looking at it from the other's perspective. The one maybe you do want to run into is Seattle. There isn't a tremendous amount of playoff experience there. Their goaltending looks super shaky, but both the Golden Knights and Kings look like strong opponents. Yeah, the Golden Knights, if they don't get Mark Stone back, I would be less scared of them. He's kind of the straw that stirs their drink. Um, But that's how the playoff picture looks. This is what the Oilers' upcoming schedule looks like, actually. Good job, AB, pulling this up. Uh, They got Boston on Thursday, the Leafs on Saturday, Ottawa next week, Sen suddenly playing really good hockey, Dallas next week. They're going to be a tough out, even though they've slipped a little as of late. And then Seattle, like it's still... Basically, another 10 days of really, really tough hockey for the Edmonton Oilers before you get a couple of games where you should win in San Jose and Arizona. But things not really getting any easier. Uh, we're doing a little Tuesday roundtable here on Oilers Nation every day. Coombsy, Wanye, Liam. Uh, it's brought to you by our friends at Star Mechanical. They are Edmonton's top new home plumbing installer. And it's been that way for the last 20 years. Over 50 plumbers and gas fitters on staff, 35 of which are Red Seal journeymen. You can check them out online, starmechanical.ca. Or if you need 24-7 emergency service, which they offer, 780-481-8873. Shout out to our friends at Star Mechanical. Uh, Taking a look at what's going on in the YouTube chat, Streeter Schaefer says, who has to move out to bring in Kane money-wise if he's going to play on Thursday? Uh, Actually, none, because he's on normal IR, not LTIR, which means they haven't pushed his money off to the side to do anything. So they can activate Evander Kane without moving any money off the active roster. Captain Felton is in and says he's watching from Hawaii on vacation. What a game last night. Baller. I wish I watched it in Hawaii, though, with uh, that being said. Yep, don't we all? It's cold outside. Yeah, Felton also (laughs) adds, good vibes only. Let's go get the top spot. Hungry Tyler, the Kings are to us what the Lightning are to the Leafs, a team that is now outskilled, but they will intentionally try to hurt you for beating them. And yeah, I mean, the Kings play a really tough brand of hockey. And I don't know if they go out there intentionally trying to hurt you, but I still, I like the Oilers in a best of seven against any team in the Pacific. They would be, shout out to our friends at Betway, they would be favorites against any team they play in round one, as long as they're not in a crossover against the Avs, which would be like the worst case scenario. Yeah, we saw last year what Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl can do when they go nuclear in the playoffs, mm-hmm. like both guys doing yep. two points per game plus and just going absolutely insane. Yeah. I feel the depth this year is stronger. The blue line's stronger. The addition of Matias Ekholm really is a game changer. The bottom six, as we've talk, talked about quite a bit, feels quite a bit better. I, I don't know if I feel... Um, I felt pretty good about having Mike Smith in that last year. It heated up by that point, but... Stuart Skinner feels a little bit more solid than Mike Smith. Mike Smith might have you that huge game where he puts up a shutout 
in the playoffs, but it might come back the next game and allow a goal from center ice. So I probably feel a little bit more confident in the goal thing this, this time around, like the vibes, the vibes probably are better this year than yeah. last. And I think the forward group's better than it was last season as well. Just when you factor in, you know, the nuge heater that seemingly will never end. And, you know, maybe some guys like Fogel and McLeod who are ready to take on bigger roles or be more impactful. Uh, the last area I wanted to hit on today is Connor McDavid. Again, I said we're going to circle back to him and we are. The idea that he does not unanimously win the Hart Trophy this year. Greg Wyshynski had a piece up about this, and I know it got a lot of people fired up. If Connor McDavid doesn't win the Hart Trophy unanimously, that someone should have their vote stripped. It'd be ridiculous. What, what did Wyshynski say? It was basically like, you know, there's a case that David Pasternak or Tage Thompson kind of thing could be the MVP. That's the argument. And then I saw someone else was tweeting about, can you really have your MVP finish 101st in plus minus in the NHL? If you're using plus minus as the reason to try to knock down Connor McDavid, here's the top five in the NHL for plus minus right now. Hampus Lindholm, Thomas Tatar, Matt Grizzlick, Brandon Carlo, and Joe Pavelski. Hockey Hall of Famers each. There was yep. a year there was a year where that there was a guy on the Washington Capitals. I think it it wasn't Mike Green but it was his D partner. Was it Jeff? Was it was it a Schultz who was Jeff it? Schultz. Oh, Jeff, Jeff Schultz. Schultz and he had like a plus 56 rating or something. He wasn't the reason. <laughs> he should for be that. the Hart Trophy winner. Yeah, like <laughs> they should just bring back the the blood, the Bud Light plus minus award. Was there one? Yeah, Bud Light handed out a, a trophy for the guy with the best plus minus. Just do that. Well, they don't like Bud Light anymore, and that's your real that's your real heart trophy, the Bud Light plus minus. Connor McDavid is he's already, or I shouldn't say already, he is four points away from having statistically the best season points wise of the salary cap era because hmm. Nikita Kucherov had 128 in 2018-19. Joe Thornton had 125 in 0506. And then it's McDavid this year at 124. Oh, and McDavid last year at 123. And then Yager at 123. Those are the five most productive seasons in the salary cap era. Connor McDavid's in all likelihood knock on wood, going to be the first player to hit 130 points in the salary cap era. And he could very well be the first player to hit 70 goals in the salary cap era as well. If you think yourself into a pretzel of not giving this guy the hard trophy, you're just an idiot. If you're coach Woodcroft, Liam, do you stick with Connor McDavid or do you pull him out of the lineup? Hmm. I'd probably keep him in. Just you would keep the, him in? Just for the mojo he brings when he scores goals. Play the hot hand, hey? Yeah. But even it's though he doesn't have a great plus minus. Well, that's what I'm saying. You got to get the plus minus sorted out. Or you, maybe you don't play. <laughs> you know? It's just funny that the arguments have to come down to a plus minus. He like, will be raising the cup above his head. And there will be people on social media who are like, they won't do it tomorrow. They won't do it next season. <laughs> Wasn't good enough defensively. No tell you chance. That. This is the best team ever. No mm-hmm. chance. Just feels to me like it's, uh, you know what? The trade deadline came and went. Mm-hmm. Now we can't roster bait and talk about what might happen because it's happened. Yeah. So that was the obvious uh, hate clicks thing. And Oilers fans are going to buy into it. Every single Oilers fan is going to reply to it. We're biting on it right now. Exactly. We're talking about it. We're making content out of it. We are well aware of how the content wheel spins. Well played, Greg Wachinski. Thank you, Greg, for the free content. <laughs> the playoffs are assured. We have to find something to bitch about for yeah. the next six weeks. What else are we going to talk about now? Whether Nashville or Calgary are going to make the playoffs? What do you want to do? Look at our empty lives? No, <laughs> it's like last year when they were doing the MVP talk and it was like 20 names in the hat. 
Wait, oh, really? there was a like, lot last year. Are we really going to discuss all of these people? And we know there's probably. Yes, in turn, we will get to them all. <laughs> yeah, there was there's probably two or three at most. There was seven different guys last year who got a first place heart trophy vote. Can you name all seven? Yes. Seven guys who got first place heart trophy votes. Johnny Gaudreau. That's one. Austin Matthews. That's two. McDavid. McDavid. Huberto. Henri Richard. Kira Kaprizov. Kaprizov did, yeah. So that's five. Two McKinnon, more. six. No, McCall, no, no McCall? McKinnon. No. no McKinnon or McCarr. Neither of them got Was a Was there any defenseman? Oh, yeah, one's a D-man, one's a goalie. Maurice Richard. Goalie. Oh, uh, Shesterkin. Shesterkin was oh, the... Yeah. Yeah, he finished goalie. third. Who won the Norris? Is a D-man. McCall, McCall won the Norris. No. Oh, Roman Yossi. Roman Yossi had his 96-point really. season and finished sixth in hard wow. no, That's probably pretty fair. This year, it's not going to be that distributed. It's no. going to be pretty concentrated. One or two people might again try to stand out and be cool and get clicks yeah. and not go with McDavid. Uh, but Noah made a good point in the chat. McDavid would be plus 80 something if uh, power plays counted in plus minus. And I actually just looked up. So in all situations this year, Connor McDavid has been on the ice for 149 goals for second in the NHL is Leon Dreisaitl at 140. Third in the NHL is Zach Hyman at 138. Wow. Fourth in the NHL is Ryan Nugent Hopkins wow. at 131. Oh and then boy. fifth is uh, Rasmus Dahlin and then Eric Carlson. Which, really? Rasmus Dahlin? Good yeah, that's him. surprising. Future yeah. oiler Eric Carlson? It was um, a few years ago, uh, many years ago now in the NBA. I think it was a year LeBron won the MVP and the votes were like 49-50. Like he would have been the first ever unanimous MVP, but somebody voted in New York for Carmelo Anthony to be it. And a lot of people didn't even have him second on the ballot and he had him third. Never That's what's like, going to happen this year. Someone, oh, yeah. there'll be one guy who goes out and votes for Pasternak or just the Bruins as a team. Like a oh, yeah. write-in vote is going to be like the Bruins as a team for MVP and some stupid like crap like that. But he'll probably go almost unanimous. He went unanimous in the shortened COVID season when he scored almost two points per game, right? Was he unanimous? Yeah, he was. Because it was like the first time since Gretzky or something like that yeah. that he went unanimous. So it, it is possible. But, yeah. And I mean, the voter fatigue thing got out of the way last year, too. So it's yep. voters should feel fine going back to him. Here. We said that early in the season. I think he was like even money or plus 120 to win the heart. And it was like, that was such a luck. I had him. I still got him in January at plus 165 to win the Rocket Richard. And I actually cashed it out yesterday because the cash out looked so good. Um, but it seems like he's going to run away with every award. And the awards are in Nashville this year, uh, by the way. Cool. Danger Suede says McDavid will get his 60th of the year in Toronto on Saturday, which means he would wow. need like six goals in two games. So I don't know about that. Blazing. But I'd love it because we'll be there. Shout out to AMA Travel, another exciting nation vacation. We leave on Friday, staying at the Fairmont Royal York. That's kind of quality you get when you do a nation vacation with AMA Travel. Uh, where else do we want to go here? I want to catch up on the chat. Uh, Kyler says Jack Edwards isn't voting, is he? He isn't, <laughs> but there's a couple guys in Boston. Yeah, that's like was, Joe Haggerty might go Panarin or uh, Pasternak for the heart, and or or they that. would go Patrice Bergeron as a send out. Yeah, something yeah. like that. I could. I I think we shouldn't expect McDavid to win unanimously. We should expect a Bruins vote. Someone's going to be a dick. Going to do it. Yeah. Uh, let's get to our Betway wrap for today. Hit that button, Aaron. 
Jing. Someone said in the chat, Liam, I have beef with someone, but I forget who, um, that they're like, oh, never follow Tyler after last night's bet. I was the only one who was right again last night. Two plus points for McDavid. Oilers win plus 120. Bang. And I had Dreisaitl got two points wiped off the board and I had Dreisaitl two plus points. He did have two points. That Hyman yeah. missed empty netter. That was uh, that was tough. Tough for the puck line betters out there. Yeah. So. Um, what do you like tonight around the NHL? Well, tonight, Tyler, I am going with a Clayton Keller shot prop of over two and a half. He has now hit this in back-to-back games. Clayton Keller is a very good hockey player that people never get to watch because he plays on the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> so minus 134 for Clayton Keller. Hit that in back-to-back games. And then the New Jersey Devils versus Toronto. Now, New Jersey have been very, very good at home recently. And they just got that new toy named Timo Meyer. So I just like their squad. And I think they're on home ice. I feel like it's a good payout for a home ice team. Um, If you want to do like a little emotional hedge tonight, the Golden Knights are road dogs in Florida. They probably shouldn't be considering they've won seven of their last 10 or on a three game heater. And the Panthers have been 500 in their last 10. I'm going to be betting on the Golden Knights because then there's two outcomes. I win my bet. I win money. The Golden Knights miss out on two points and it's better for the Oilers. Emotional hedge. There you go. That's a great, great logic. Be a great name for a band, Emotional Hedge. Yeah. Maybe we could start a band. Called Emotional Hedge? There you go. Would you be the drummer or would you be the bass player? I'd be the uh, DJ. Oh, oh, it's a new kind of band. <laughs> I'm in. Emotional Hedge. Uh, Lance <laughs> says, Hyman Empty never cost me my parlay too. I couldn't believe that one. That really pissed too. me off. That's I, I had um, right there. McDavid two plus points, Oilers to win, and over five and a half goals. And I got two goals wiped off the board. Uh, the Nuge goal would have been great too, just because it would have kept things rolling. I wonder if he uh, finds a way to sneak into the 40 goal range. There's still year. my DJ, Liam. <laughs> Don't you worry one bit. 17 games to go, and he's sitting at 30 right now. Mm. Been an unreal year for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um, Tyler said the over in Oilers versus Sabres. Yeah, I did say I did say take the over on DFO. But your official bet. On our show. Now our show is not yeah. that. So if you have beef with me saying take the over on DFO Live, you got to go to that chat and rip on me there. I'm two different people. So what you're saying, you're making, you're making one pick on one show and then making the other pick on the other show, so you're always right? Emotional hedge. No, they both could have been wrong, and they both could have been right. Okay, I see. Um, but anyways, Loomis says take Florida to win and an Anaheim win tonight. Who is Anaheim playing tonight? They're in Seattle. Oh, that's no, tonight? That's Arizona's playing in Seattle. I thought Anaheim. Oh, no, no. Anaheim, Wait. Seattle tonight. Yeah. Arizona's playing St. Louis. St. Louis. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, Anaheim, Seattle. I missed that one on the out of town scoreboard look. So, yeah, hopefully Anaheim can find a way to get a big win for the Oilers tonight. That'd be great. It's out of town scoreboard watching season because we're in the thick of. I mean, I have a tough time saying the Oilers are in the thick of a playoff race considering they're nine points up on the Calgary Flames, who are really <laughs> the only team that can catch them in the Pacific Division. What um, a bunch of idiots. Calgary Flames. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to. It'll be interesting to see what happens there this summer. It's a conversation for another day, but like, I wonder if that GM's back. I wonder if they maybe elevate Daryl upstairs and do something there. I think they should just get rid of Mr. Sutter. They should just close the franchise and implode the stadium. Send like them, a dispersal draft. Send them back to Atlanta. Let's start again from so, scratch. So let's talk about Atlanta again and the expansion. Team. I think it's so dumb. If you can't get your arena together, you got to move to Atlanta. Did they fire? Yeah. Did Bob Hartley get fired one season after winning the uh, coach of the year? Yeah. Yeah. So that it could happen here with Sutter, maybe, or is he just too entrenched? I think they signed. They signed him for too long. Yeah, they can't. They can't fire him. They had to bring him off the ranch. They had to bring the big money out. Yeah. (laughs) So they're they're either going to have to move him upstairs into a president of hockey ops role and let some other new. Like Ryan Burke. Yeah, that makes some sense. Yeah. 
Uh, once again, shout out to our friends at the Sports Closet. Three locations in Edmonton, Kingsway Mall, St. Albert Mall, and Sherwood Park Mall. Uh, AMA Travel, Star Mechanical. Today is not, as you can see, their logo is not there, so it's not a Sherwood Ford Giant game day. Tomorrow's not either. Two days off for the Oilers, which means they would have had a night to party in Buffalo. The dream. That's why you get in this league. Yep. That is why you get in this league to have a night off in Buffalo. They probably went across the bridge to Niagara Falls. And I actually think they flew to Boston right after the game. So they would have had a night off in Boston, which maybe isn't that bad. But um, anyways, they'll be back in action Thursday against the Boston Bruins. Tomorrow, Frank Saravalli is going to be on the show. So we'll break down some post-trade deadline stuff with him. Maybe get some insight into what the Oilers were maybe close on in the last 24 hours leading up to deadline day. So we'll do all that tomorrow on the show with Frank. And then Thursday, we'll get set for a game day. And then Friday, we'll break down that game day. And hopefully, it's a big win for the Oilers against the Boston Bruins. Friday, I'm also going to be doing the show live from Toronto as well. So there you go. Plenty to look forward to this week on Oilers Nation every day. Coombsy, when do you want to do our next BJN radio episode? That is a good question. Are they playing right now? Yeah, they're tied 2-2 with the Pirates in the bottom of the seventh Spring inning. Riveting action. Another really good Yusei Kikuchi start. Three innings. Uh, two walks. You don't love to see that. Two strikeouts. No hits. Can you say his name again? Yusei Kikuchi. <laughs> Yusei Kikuchi. Baseball. Ricky Beard Tatum and pitched two innings as well. Really? How'd Ricky do? He allowed two earned runs on three Eight. hits and a walk. Struck out two though and he allowed a bomb. Yeah, not bad. It's fine. He's only like 19. Yeah, he's 19. He's a, he's a young lad. Like your age. All right. Well, maybe we'll do a BJ and radio in a couple of days here as well. There you go. I was pretty on point the whole show. Yeah, you were. You're great. Uh, we were structured. Also, it made people, a lot of sense. You were in charge. People can't see what you're wearing, but your outfit's on point too. You got the camo nation hat, the camo jacket. It Did works. You even see me? Yeah, because you're, you're in Who are you talking wall. to? Exactly. Oh, oh yeah. If we mm-hmm. went outside of the woods, then no. Yeah. Yeah, I probably drove past you on the way in. Uh, All right. Thanks for tuning in to everybody. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button before you go. And we'll be back tomorrow. Noon Mountain Time. 